0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Brain Dump. This is a podcast where we talk about life from the meaningful to the extreme. So today on the show, I've decided to bring my dad on. And I think too about my dad, as you know, he's uh, he's been the CEO of multiple international uh, telecommunication companies. Uh, And so he has a lot to say about uh, personal development and seeing things from like running like leadership and running a business and all these things. So without further ado, Dad.
1: Hey, hello, Connor. Yeah, just to give a bit of a background to myself, I'm uh, 58, I can only say that for one more week and then I turn out to be 59. Uh, I suppose the bit unusual part about me in the last 25 years, I've lived in 10 different countries. Uh, one of which Connor was born over in Singapore some 22, 23 years ago.
0: Yes. I think that's given you that quite a unique perspective uh, and you're currently based in Chile mm-hmm. and I think um, particularly I've seen a, a big change in you as a person as you're learning because I think so one, the current company, well, the current you've just finished with uh, has been a renowneding success and a lot of that to do is with the, the culture that you developed there and so i thought we could try and explore why you thought it was so successful and what was so important about the culture that you established with one more than any of the others let's say
1: okay yeah i mean a lot of it if i'm truthful is because of age the, the older i've got i would say the more confident i've been in my leadership style when you're a bit younger, you try to live into other people's shoes a bit. Uh, Whereas this one, I felt I've reached an age where I'm actually confident in my own abilities. And that allowed me to create what I call an authentic brand. And do you think it's like you've almost lost the ego or
0: the... I don't know about ego, but the the need to please other people as much, or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this one's been good because the timing, I mean, there's no doubt about it that, let's call it the much overused word, the millennial, your generation, is searching for authenticity, is searching for doing some good. Uh, I've developed that as a person probably in the last 10 to 12 years, and this company, I was just myself, and that sort of resonates with today's sort of age. And what people are really tired of is bullshit brands that say one thing on the packaging but deliver fuck all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Else. And we decided, or I decided, I don't need to do that. And, and just wanted what, to be yourself and just... Yeah, not just myself, but it was, can I get a company uh, and a corporate culture and engage people with the values of the company, uh, not the image of the company, not the aspiration of the company, but the pure values, and then really walk the talk.
0: Yeah, but what would you say those values were? Like, what's...
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, I'd like to believe 2,200 people know them, you know, the, yeah, like, yeah, the guys yeah. have employed, because we spend a lot of time going over, not the words themselves, but the actions. But the values are passion, mm. uh, bravery, innovation, mm. and the tough one, honesty. Honesty, yeah. Particularly in a large company.
0: Let's face it, most people think that a large company is just the most dishonest thing ever. <laughs> true. And true. like, there's so much corruption, and so trying to portray yourself as honest and trying to actually be honest, like let's face it, there's
1: a lot of corruption going on. Yeah, I think you've used the word trying to be honest, we don't try. But we what, are.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that, well, that's what I'm saying is like, like, let's face it, most companies just aren't. Like, why do you think
1: you achieved honesty over others? Well, it's the actions we take. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've, yeah, I mean, little, there's a few iconic stuff we did because uh, you've got several layers of honesty. One is the big one is honesty to the customer. Uh, but I think it starts with honesty with each other, the 2,200 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of that is, you know, I don't have an office. I have a desk. Nobody else uh, has offices. So from that hour, you know, I get paid more than anyone else in the company. Yeah. And that's because of my market rate. But reality is, everything else is honestly the mm-hmm. same. And people can see that. yeah. My like yeah. 2,200 people. And it starts there that yeah you know, when i first got there i went over to new york to do a tvc and i sat down in business class and my brand guy who was doing the work yeah. went went into economy i think what the hell mm. that's not honest he's going yeah, to work i'm yeah, yeah. going there to have fun we then but on the way back we changed it okay and that starts to get seep into the organization that people think whoa it's different even it's, yeah. the ceo is being reasonable, reasonable and that then starts having a culture of honesty with mm. each other and that's been so powerful not always pleasant For but sure, powerful
0: yeah. and i think uh i think that does separate because let's face it every company i can think of the majority of the big the boardmen they have their own office and they have mm. there there's a as a level of um segregation there's like almost like a A class that I'm paid better than you, therefore I deserve better. Hmm. Um, And I think that's that sort of wealth dynamic is completely irrelevant. Like it doesn't change the fact that everyone's a human being. Okay, you're paid more because of the skill that you, you know, and the pressure. Let's say you huge responsibility doing lots of business deals and stuff, but that doesn't make your your lifestyle any different from anyone else?
1: Like No, you're right, and, it, and when you get the, you know, a desk, a bigger desk, or oh, an office, a bigger mm. office, the corner office, that creates this office politics, mm. which kills a corporate culture, because you then start saying the right things because you want the bigger car or the bigger office, the bigger desk, as opposed to we have got in place well, that doesn't exist. There was trivial. I mean, believe it or not, in Chile, I used to also get more luncheon vouchers than anyone else yeah, because yeah. I'm a sea level. And now you take out that, and people who get paid for either five hundred US dollars a day, or uh, sorry, US dollars a month, or twenty thousand US dollars a month, mm. and you think, well, we're all people, so. We, the, our working environment should all be the same. Our market rate is different. And everybody then can see that, and they buy into the honesty. Then you've gotta say, is the company now treating customers honestly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That gets tough as you get bigger. Mm. Uh, I mean, we did the position where you know we had a promotion that said give away uh, music, Tidal. Uh, okay, Tidal yeah, yeah. music streaming system. Uh, at the time, we had about a million customers already. We wanted the next million. We get, came up with this promotion. But of course, if you're being honest, the guys who are customers already should actually get the same promotion as the new customers, yeah. not just yeah. love the new guys. And, yeah, 100%. Geez. Yeah. So we gave it to a million customers. No one had ever done that before. Well, it's so e- simple. E- yeah,
0: even in uh, the UK, like if I look at my, my uh, phone contract, it hasn't changed since I signed up. And if anything, any th- promotional thing fizzles out. And I'm completely unaware of the fact that I'm still paying the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're talking earlier really about vegan food. Mm. Uh, and you look at supermarkets. Now, vegan food's trendy, fashionable. Yeah. Supermarkets get on board with it. And they charge a premium. And you think, no, you should be happy with the margins that you get with yeah, selling yeah, yeah. pork sausages. Yeah, Have the yeah. same No, mar- Not, oh, this is fashionable and trendy. And therefore, I will rip off the millennial generation and charge Mm. more and earn more margin. That is so disappointing with large, and that's when people like yourself say that big companies are dishonest because they've got a reputation of shafting the customer base. That I believe is changing, but it does mean that the consumer, the millennial in particular, needs to be more active in their choice. So that they seek, out custom, they seek out industries that are honest to themselves.
0: Yeah, and I think particularly with uh, social media, and it gives everyone more of a voice. And I think people, uh, big corporate companies, are listening to how like the market responds. And I feel like <clears throat> my generation particularly is a lot more open about that. We don't because we have a bit more power in the sense that we can talk to these companies directly Mm -hmm. through Twitter and Facebook, we can voice what we want. Uh, And I think honesty is then like almost selected for because they can't get away with it. Like people like, like you look at all these uh, companies, if they, as you say, shaft Mm -hmm. some of the customers, people just get angry. And the, the, the response is a lot faster now because everyone's interconnected and everyone can then, say this is not fair like we want to act and then there's a lot more like i don't know things like facebook and twitter
1: allow people to coordinate
0: their hmm. their anger i guess
1: I, I agree i look at you take the i think it was united airlines where oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the passenger got manhandled thrown out of his seat uh or you take uh i think it's Ryanair who charge a fortune for yeah. hand luggage now we know that shit is occurring. Uh, Without social media, we wouldn't, and we certainly, uh, a volume of people wouldn't know, and it's volume that industries like mine Chase. So social media has got those benefits, uh, and it allows mainly the younger generation to actually articulate the problems. And you're right, businesses are now having to listen. We do have to watch the rise of fake news, uh, yeah. where social media can be manipulated a bit. Mm. Uh, but I think the good news is the deluge of information that is out there and the deluge of comments, then that soon gets drowned out if, if lies are being told yeah, 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 in a commercial sense. It's probably more difficult in a political sense at this stage to know what's real, real and not.
0: True, uh, particularly with like, so it, I feel like though the, the big issue with social media, I mean, as we can see, like calling out corporate com- companies is a great, great thing like it it gives power to the people as well however my biggest problem with social media is it's almost like if you have popularity if you are a bit of an influencer if you shout louder than someone else you can just drown them out like from now i think that's where a lot of fake news comes from is it's mm. people's opinions over you know facts and it's just because you know you can drown the like quiet voices out because you have more followers or you have more Of an influence over popularity? Yeah,
1: but I mean, when you say drawing people out, you can actually be spammed a lot. Yeah, okay, yeah. And unfortunately, with today's algorithms, you'll be spammed with the the stuff that you want to to Mm. listen to. So you don't get both sides of the story. Now, I think, again, the millennial generation, which I, you know, let's you know lump it into that uh, sort of category. You need to be more circumspect. You need to be more curious find out what's the other side of the story. In my generation, you know, we just it was called newspapers. And even the Telegraph or the Financial Times or the Sun, you would know it would be right-wing or left-wing, but the newspaper would actually put both left- and right-wing stories in. Whereas these days, because we've chosen, chosen to like various activities and the algorithms realise that, we only get that one side of the story. And I think that's where social media needs to be responsible in terms of making sure that a collective holistic view of the side comes across. But that is also down to the consumer who also needs to be more curious. And not just Yeah, yeah. Not just take the thirty second snapshot mm. and say it's the gospel truth. To to search around yeah, the yeah. subject.
0: I was talking to a friend of mine and <clears throat> we're having this debate where he was saying that I can't remember he, where he found the information from, but today society, because of the prevalence of social media and things, people have lost the ability to generate their own opinion. They read opinions, they see opinions, and they just align themselves with those opinions. Uh, and as a result, that self-thinking, as you were saying, about being curious, generating your own thoughts and ideas about the situation at hand,
1: is kind of lost a bit and I don't know whether that's true or whether no I again my every Monday I do a five-minute talk to my key managers yeah come back okay. to, to the company again and a constant theme there is be curious you know don't just do a job if yeah, you're gonna yeah, yeah. do a job you 20s well, in Chile unemployment rates quite low so you can actually go elsewhere and get a, get a job anywhere just for the money. Okay. But if you wanna come and add value, change the world, change Chile, then tomorrow's warm's a good place. For that to occur, you don't just do what you did yesterday, today. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah. actually gotta say, be curious, how do you change that? You know, we're growing at 40% per year. So at some stage along either today, tomorrow, or next week, the business has changed. So those 50 people, those 50 key managers, need to be curious enough. Now, I've got to be honest, the younger generation, younger in my sense is mm. below 35, okay, yeah, they have lost that ability to kick a subject around, to question it, mm. to can I do it a different way? And I think that feeds into social media. It, it has created a, a bit of a lazy habit where you can learn or you can know a lot, but not in detail.
0: I feel like humans, particularly like today's day and age, we're just addicted to information. But as you say, we take that information for face value. Um, And so by being addicted to information, you lose the ability to think for yourself a little bit. And I think that's why I get a lot of value out of my degree because, okay, biology is a hard subject and you have to cover lots of theories and ways of approaching things. But if anything, it teaches you to be really critical. Mm-hmm. And I think by being really critical, you can, I don't know, cut through the bullshit a bit more. But I'm not sure whether, is that like, I don't know, I, I, maybe I just think that, but do I apply the same thing to social media? Do I apply my a sheep? I don't know. Uh,
1: and that's the problem with social media. It's it's too on the surface. Yeah, on and, the surface, yeah. And, and again, I'd urge all you know the listeners out there that basically the ones who want, and it doesn't apply to everybody, but don't coast through life. Change it. And to change it means you've got to have an opinion of what you want to change it to. And we could argue whether you change it good or bad or whether I think it's good or bad, but it is about just not accepting status quo. Mm. It's about saying the world is pretty messed up at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, whether we agree with climate change, not agree with climate change... We can all see the pollution, we can all see the plastic, we can all see the CO2, we can all see the coughs that we've all got. Uh, And to be honest, it's one of those things that the world needs to be changed. Mm. You can only change it, though, by action. And Mm. you can only really do action if you're curious. Mm. Otherwise, you're doing action probably not necessary for the right stuff. So you need to be curious about what action can you do that, first of all, changes your world. And then changing your world will change other people's world. And then there's a momentum that starts. Don't just be a passive passenger in this world. Because the world is, it's fucked up today.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I think, I, think, I don't know, it's difficult because, as, you, as we are saying about surface, I don't know, what, surface-type people who take things at face value. Um, and this is my biggest problem. I mean, from a biological point of view, maybe I'm biased. But the climate change situation. Where you get people who just outright deny that it's a thing. Okay, yes, climate change has happened for thousands of years. Of course, the climate changes. But the fact that it's changing at such a rate and changing in a way that is accelerated by humans is un is undeniable. Like it's it's and that that's a problem that we have caused. Yet some people just They're surface people. They listen to an opinion that they would rather agree with, Uh, and this is where, again, I think social media can be manipulated. Is if you have an uh, an argument, so I'm trying to argue that climate change is really bad, and someone else is kind of say, "Oh, there's no problem. It's always been like this." But the media represents it as an equal debate. So let's say 98% of scientists say uh, climate change is really, really bad, awful. But in order to you like publicize that they need to get scientists from the two percent to have a debate as so mm. you get the impression that it's a 50 50 debate mm. and actually you can align yourself with either one of those arguments but in reality that's not true at all because 98 percent is
1: well, I, and I, again i think that's where the media social media but mm. old traditional media as well, is a bit lazy they yeah. want they want the headline they want to fill the broadsheets up they want Viewers or or mm. readers, but again coming down to this curiosity and taking action. Again, I've I've lived in countries where people have died to mm. vote. You yeah. know, I, I've lived in Nigeria, and people knew there was a good chance if you queue, which you would have to queue for like eight hours to mm. go and vote, but people voted. Mm. Now, I now live in Chile. People below thirty five complain about the status quo. Chile has got the biggest genie. Uh, curve uh, in the whole of Latin, which basically mm. means the, the rich are, are very rich and the poor are very poor. The, the so biggest, polarization. Perhaps, polarization yeah. is yeah. big. People, only 40% of people bother to vote. That's, I mean, and, it's and not think, great in the UK though. It no, it? it's not. And as I said, again, i to be honest, I would say the younger generation have either given up or are too lazy. And I would urge, again, all your listeners out there, be a bit curious. And the climate debate, classic case. You can you can find the two percent who disagree and the ninety eight percent agree. You can do a little bit of research on yeah, both yeah. sides. Yeah, yeah. But for God's sake, go and vote. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you can yeah. do something personal. You can use uh, paper straws. You can not use plastic bags. Great. But to make a big difference, is you've got to be you've got to get involved politically, mm. even if it's just to vote for the the organisation or the party that fits with the view that you've. Found with your little bit of research
0: i agree with that and i I'm, I'm i'm exactly i align myself but playing devil's advocate here it's quite painful to get involved in a situation where someone like trump whose voice is one of those sort of bullish sort of appeases to the percentage of people who whose opinions you know aren't as well educated let's say and that sounds that sounds very wrong and that I'm just sort of you know putting myself on a pedestal but it's I feel like the education in some places is lacking and as a result people with the most popular bigger voice can rise to the top and and then it it just gives you no hope it gives you like real massive like what's the point in trying what's the point in because these leaders who I like just, you know, it's like a kind of social
1: television show because it's just ridiculous. I mean, Trump's a classic case, though. I mean, you turn around there and say, I think it was like 51 49 or 51. Mm, yeah. Really, yeah, really yeah. close vote. Of course. Yeah. But just think how many people didn't bother to vote. And you, and you think, if everybody would have voted and everyone had just done a little bit of research, A, you may have got a better result. B, yeah. reality is, Probably at the, at the time, America got what it deserved. Mm. Uh, and whilst I would never have voted for Trump, I've got to say, very few politicians have said what he said in the pre-election campaign and delivered it. I'll give Trump credit for one thing. He's delivered the bad stuff that he said mm. he would deliver. He's actually delivered. From that aspect, he's been honest. Now, will the American public now get out there and, and vote? Mm. either pro or anti-Trump, I'm hoping now they realize the one thing they fought 200 years for is the ability to vote for the president. And if it's less than 90% voting now, that would be criminal. And my worry is it still will be because people are too
0: lazy. Oh, yeah, 100%. I always quote Churchill, and he's always like, "Um, democracy is a terrible system. Except it's better than all the others, and I'm like, that's so true because, a, people won't vote because I don't know what it is about humans—they're just a bit lazy, or they're like, oh, I don't know enough, so I'm not going to bother, or I'm going to fight the establishment and not going to bother. But then, or at the same time, if you if you sit on the sidelines, you're not getting involved at all, and
1: yeah, I want to I want to challenge the. The Churchill quote if I'm truthful. Go for uh, it, yeah. I, I look there and think, democracy is a good system when everything is roughly okay. Mm. But you look at when you want change to occur, mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, I'm, I sound a bit of a fascist here with this statement, but autocratic governments...
0: Like China. Like China. And,
1: mm. you know, I left England in 1995. My first job was in Vietnam. Uh, China and India... In yeah, 1995, yeah. we're about the same GDP, yeah, the same yeah, levels yeah. of poverty, the same levels of starvation, mm. same levels of people dying through curable diseases which but just couldn't get medical treatment. Not anymore. Only 25 years. They're superpower now. Yeah. What's the difference? India has got a a democratic system inherited from the UK, mm-hmm. uh, biggest democracy in the world. China autocratic. Yes. Lots of problems, lots of corruption in China. But it's now one of the richest countries, if not the richest, the number two richest in the world. Mm. It's now leading in green technology. Mm. It's now probably the policemen of the world because they are consistently rational in the decisions they make. I fully buy that a percentage of people, probably 5%, which if you've got 2 billion people, it's still like 100 million, probably get abused. But the collective... Has improved mm. I look at India and I cannot say the same and that would not have happened in a democratic society yeah it happened in an autocratic society when big stuff needs to be done and the world at the moment needs big stuff you 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 need a vision you can only yeah. get a vision with 10 to 20 years uh, and autocratic governments tend to have that democracies tend to be four to six years uh, and that's why I think the world the Western world as we know it, is lagging behind uh the one hope that we had two years ago was America. They had the american dream yeah yeah uh which had momentum uh it did take people out of uh poverty uh but that's looking ropey at the moment
0: it's yeah it's almost like um because uh China has such a they can implement things and act on it so fast where with the democracy like the Western world, we spend so much time debating it, trying to please everyone. Of course, you can't do that anyway. And in the case of Trump, we probably go backwards in certain mm-hmm. things, like in, especially in uh, terms of climate change things. Yeah,
1: and the, and the Western world on the whole is not working up to that fact. I mean, mm. five years ago, Beijing was a real mess for pollution. Uh six months ago I was in Beijing. A couple of the guys I was going with were keen runners. They took their running kit. I've mm. got to be honest, I said, What's the point? Mm. It's polluted as hell. Yeah. Because yeah. I believe social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. got yeah. to Beijing, beautiful bike lanes. The more mm. bikes, you know, the free bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty five million of them in Beijing. Uh the cycle lanes as good as Stockholm and this is for a city of twenty five million people. <laughs> no pollution. Because for the olympics they decided to get their act together and not in a generation but in five years they got their act together and beijing i was under there for four days but it was clear Mm. it was really nice delhi still bad santiago where i live still bad and you look at over the next 20 years say it's 22 23 years since i first got involved in china where will it be in the next 20. Mm. now the good news I actually think they are now big, powerful, and responsible. Yeah. uh, yeah, Before they they weren't responsible. No,
0: it's weird because, I mean, obviously, like, I haven't seen it from from Mm. your point of view whatsoever, but uh, I remember going back to geography A-level and talking about the one-child policy and Mm. how, you know, how that caused such big uh, balances in sex Mm. ratios and... I remember thinking, God, that China sounds horrendous. Like, it sounds like a a bully beef, like, screw the people kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, a police state. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But l- if you look at it now, everyone's almost, not in admiration, but it's it's turned, yeah, as you say, it turned its act around big time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still, I mean, I'm sure there's, there'll be lots of human rights people out there completely disagreeing with me, and that's, oh, yeah, that yeah. is what debate's about. Uh, but in terms of, as I said there's, there's 5% of the population, which India's population, uh, China's population is is a big number, but the vast majority have improved their lifestyle. Uh, I was in middle China, a place called Fujian, looking at a bamboo bike factory. It's like 2,000 kilometers outside of Shanghai, in the middle of nowhere, and no poverty. It was a village really? of about 3,000 people. Yeah, you know, they weren't driving around in Mercedes Benz, they didn't, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. have any big high rise blocks. But everybody had food, all the kids went to school. The factory I visited, no child labor. No child labor.
0: Yeah, because that's another thing I jogged for A level again like, (laughs) oh man, you know, China's horrendous, doing
1: this Mm. and that. But Mm. now, as they, you know, with 2 billion people that they had to feed, then they had to give them employment. Then, more importantly, they had to educate. Mm. And a lot of this comes, I mean, again, the 10 countries I've been, if there's one thing I try to urge you to the government is education. Yeah, you know, whether you educate people on not necessarily educating people on climate change, but giving people awareness of the planet, mm. giving people awareness of productivity, giving people awareness of right and wrong, a lot of it starts with education. Yeah,
0: it's it's funny because like uh, it's coming kind of down to that when we were first talking about curiosity, mm. question what you what your information you're gaining and have that critical thinking i feel like there's not enough of that in education mm. i feel like that kind of that way of thinking is at almost like a university where at uh, school level and college you're re- you're told to remember facts you're 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 mm. learning information straight up information but you never question that because well you don't know anything do you like you you have to know something before you can question things uh and i feel like that kind of way of thinking is more what you gain from life life skills it's hard how do you teach a 16 year old okay so you know this is gravity it makes full things things fall to earth yet you know, you also need to question that. fact, oh, how, how did Isaac Newton come up with that,
1: Like, Well, I think that's where rounded education. I mean, you've got... Certainly, in the younger years of education, it is about learning facts, but I also think there's, there are still subjects where the subject should be about reading, say, something from social media, or, what, say, one, mm. one side is a right-wing article, same subject, one's a left-wing article, and then getting the pupils to debate what's the difference i'm not aware that that goes on in for 10 12 year olds but Mm. that is would stimulate there are different views out there and what's your view and i think that's where education needs to be getting people to be curious which then says your teachers have to be good yeah and i can
0: imagine that being the most or probably the most important factor because But you could also be really cynical about all of that and maybe it's well maybe they don't want people to self-think because if people can self-think particularly in China in a one-party state then people will question what they're doing.
1: But I think that's been the difference between China being able to feed itself Mm. to now China being innovative. Your growing middle class which is significantly bigger than Europe's middle class now is now big enough and educated enough because they've been a lot of them were educated in the West, and are now challenging the government. They're not allowed to challenge the one-party state, but they are allowed to challenge growth versus lifestyle. Uh, they are allowed to challenge, you know, the the one-child policy, which is mm, now yeah. changed. So education has allowed that to, to occur, uh, and it, you know, I still want to come down to the you know the educate the the power of the teacher. I mean, let's take a, a society. Is your average teacher, and I don't mean your private school teacher, but I mean your average yeah. teacher in a state school, are they passionate about the job? Again, you were pretty privileged in terms of you went to a good school. Yeah, of course, uh, yeah. But I, I'm not aware from some of the friends I've got that let's say a normal state school that their employers put enough uh, development training into good teaching leadership Good engagement. Mm. And as a consequence, I think teachers turn up to pay a salary. Now, it's probably the most important thing that we have 16 year olds, 17 year olds curious or whatever word we want to use about knowing more. And that's the bit that, coming down to how we started this, why was one probably more successful than the company I did 15 years ago? It's because I've learned that myself. And I. I did various techniques to how to engage my staff, which are 2,000 kilometers away from where I yeah, was working, yeah, yeah. to involve them as part of something bigger than just a salary. Teachers need to do that. We're not going to get all the teachers doing that. Yeah, of course. Uh, but there should be an ambition that says each school has got some beacons of passion that pupils get engaged with. Because what we need is not necessarily more biologists or more artists or more historians we need people more curious mm, that, yeah, and then yeah. they can find out what do they want to be curious about and what can they change there's curiosity that gives people the ability to want to change
0: uh, i think i think actually a lot of curiosity stems from the fact that we need to take more risks we need to learn to fail more because there's, obviously there's that curiosity killed the cat. And mm-hmm. so naturally by being curious, like I think of when, you, when you're a kid, when you're a proper kid, taking risks because you're curious is how you learn. Like you learn to walk because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I see all these other people walking. I might, if I fall over, it's going to hurt probably. But you do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like we lose that, that not necessarily that, well, I guess it is a desire. We get safe in how we're living yeah, and, life.
1: And cultures can, I mean, ignoring at the moment the last two years with Trump, but the American dream was based on curiosity, it was based on failure. And yeah, the, um, you know, yeah. the, the ability to take risks, fail, get up, do it again. Silicon Valley, you know, Google, Facebook, Amazon, they've all been by people who have been encouraged because of the American dream to get out there and make it work and make it happen and drive by taking risk of which part of that is by failing europe has not had that same risk-taking culture uh, and therefore we've 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 not developed any internet giant so you know it is in our culture to be risk more risk-averse than say america partly why you get
0: less curious maybe as you get older so as i saying like being a toddler you're exploring things Mm -hmm. and stuff Blah blah blah. very basic curiosity but that's curiosity stemmed from self-benefit because you take risks in as that will help you improve your life but as you get older the benefits of taking risks i think is less like yeah. you, like for your your for, your, for yourself p- personally mm-hmm. anyway like you start to take risks for greater meaning so if you're like going to invest loads of money in saving the planet the risk is you might lose all that money and you might fail completely. But, so the risk is more self-detrimental, but the reward is less self, you know, benefiting as well.
1: Yeah. But again, keeping the analogy similar, whether it's a corporate culture where I try to encourage curiosity and Mm. risk-taking or a government, they need to develop where curiosity and risk-taking, because I see them both the same. Yeah, yeah is encouraged ignoring trump uh <laughs> yeah. um, america would be a, a, a good case on that uh whereas europe uh isn't and i think that's where this curiosity to change things which then says you've got to improve the risk reward benefit there has to be a, a a shift to the other way that encourages risk encourages curiosity mm. encourages change mm. and your generation's got to be the one that does that because you, a lot of you are now educated. I and mean, in my time, it was twenty percent of people went to university. Mm. Now it's eighty percent, or if not more, go yeah, to university. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the general education. Mm-hmm. Now you need to use it by being curious because coming down to the you know the big serious stuff, the planet's in a mess, politically we're in a mess, and as a consequence of that, you've got trade wars all over the place. You've got was going on in the middle east the human race at the moment is looking for the next gen for the next direction and it needs to come from your generation but you need your generation needs to be curious and Mm. you need to take action and if that action is about exploring uh with curiosity what's available and then politically voting
0: yeah but i also i have my problem with all of that is society wants you to be comfortable because you can sell things like people they find this comfortable lifestyle and you want to maximize that like let's face it every kind of i mean most products or a lot of products anyway are aimed at making your life easier making you enjoy your the comfort a little better and that consumerism is fueled by comfort like if you can get someone to buy a really massive telly on a really lush sofa in really cool clothes, they're gonna to want to do that because it's easy. Like risk taking and curiosity, is it is purely like the reward is internal. It's a I feel good about myself, but it's much easier to buy stuff. It's, and like and there's not really encouraged.
1: Yeah, and that's a fundamental change that's got to got to occur. Yeah, you know, we cannot keep consuming things. Uh, Now that doesn't mean we have to go back to wearing long cloths and flip-flops and and that. yeah. But it means that we have to be curious enough to reinvent things. Mm. We have to be curious enough to change the lifestyle. And by that I mean root and branch change. And that will only come by challenging everything we do and the way we do it. Mm. And I think you're right. The biggest problem that the West faces is... It's in the comfort zone. Yeah, it's doing okay. Now, China. I was about to say China. Yeah, China will not stand still. We've seen it go from below India to probably above America as as we speak, or Mm. at least at the same uh, level level as in as America. That's in twenty years. Where will it be in the next twenty? Because they're not stopping. Mm.
0: Uh, Now. But well, isn't that down to just a few, though? Like, because obviously they're so big and we're talking about how they're uh, an autocratic. Mm. Uh, and so as a result, it the curiosity and the risk-taking resides in just a few people.
1: Yeah, I think that's, you know, the strength of the autocratic society. But you've now got, you know, the curiosity of, what lifestyle do they want they they've they forced it don't get me wrong it the last 20 years or the the last 15 of those 20 uh, or the first 15 of those 20 was about pushing it really hard Mm. one direction autocratic but now they've got a generation middle-class generation educated who want more yeah i used to buy chinese equipment because it was technically good uh but dreadful on innovation. Okay. Now, they're actually now going they're to leading, the next thing. They've yeah. now got the innovation.
0: they're, uh, they're in you know, electric- was equal with Silicon Valley. In-
1: yeah. I mean, you're now looking at, you know, they originally copied America really well, really quickly. Now they're leading Americans. Mm, so they're yeah, yeah, so yeah, certainly, yeah. if you look at uh, electrification of vehicles, electrification of trains, yeah, yeah. Uh, pff, way ahead of any other country in the world uh and that in your know, uh, payment systems mm. I was I say when I was in Beijing 6 months ago the availability and use of WeChat money way bigger than uh Apple Apple Pay mm. way bigger uh, than you've got in London uh and you think this is China this is Beijing this mm, yeah how yeah. the hell can the Chinese be doing so the people are embracing innovation now the next thing they've got to c- embrace is creativity okay and i think they're going through the cycles and I think they will start to pull ahead of the West. Okay. And that's why you've got the trade war now, because I think Trump is scared of that. Now, it's something, rather than us being scared of it, we should be responding positively to the competition. And yeah. we should get more innovative mm. and think, and we're not, the West is in its comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and it's saying, well, I've, I'm now middle England or middle France or middle Germany, I'm okay. You mean middle as in? Uh, as in comfortable, as, as in middle class. Middle class, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, and so it's up to the younger generation to say, that's not good enough. Mm. And, it, and it won't be good enough, because, again, going down to the climate change and the, the, the planet, in a generation, it's going to be too late. So it's got to start happening now. There's enough of the millennial generation Mm. out there, but I've got to be honest, you've got to get out there and do something. You're going to get curious of what can you do to save the planet. Mm. And that doesn't mean, do you believe the newspapers? Find out. And it is the millennial generation who have the education. A lot of them have also got the resources because the parents brought in the resources. And therefore, what's the action plan? And the first action plan to do is get out and vote. Yeah. Get out and make the politicians change the regulations. Start simple, I guess, yeah. yeah. And, it's, yeah, and I, it, it tears my heart apart when I see people in Chile, 19, 20-year-olds, complaining about the system. Mm. And then I say, did you vote? Oh, it's not worthwhile voting. And in Chile, they allow you to do a spoiler vote. They allow you to go and, and put, uh, to scrub out all the candidates, and then they announce how many spoiler votes because that says, "Ooh, it's a uh, like a defiant message." Kind of yeah, way. it's yeah. it's so that the message is. They don't even do that now in Nigeria. Oh. They queued up for eight hours, and there would be bomb blasts. Ten, you know, ten stations would be blown up, and
0: that's, and that again reiterates the point that in Nigeria they're not comfortable. No, you know, and so they have to. They have, yeah. Yeah. they want change. They have to make
1: it themselves. And and we are in the West, and you know Chile's comfortable by being better than Bolivia, better than Venezuela. It's comfortable, and we need to get people who are curious and not comfortable to change it, uh, not to allow the bully boys like Trump uh, to to change it, but to allow your average person. And for that average person, they need to be educated in belief and in curiosity that it can hmm. be changed. And I think that is down to parents and the education system. Yeah. Not just chase exam results, two ones, two twos, whatever, but to chase, Do we, are we producing a population that is curious enough to change today's status quo? And in the West, the answer to that currently is no. Uh, you know, The world cannot be full of biologists. No, <laughs> you 100%, know, yeah. We need plumbers, electricians but the world can be full of people with curiosity. Mm. And therefore I think the education system needs to probably shift away from the constant gotta get exams, because it's easy metric. It's like me saying I gotta get more customers. Mm. It's an easy metric, but do I sacrifice quality? Do I sacrifice long-term profitability for getting customers today? No, I have gotta do the balance, that's what a leader does. Our government leaders, when they look at the education system, they've taken the easy. Well, success is called exam qualifications. No, success has got to be about are the pupils coming out curious? Mm. They've got to be able to do maths, read, uh, and write, and fully buy into that. But then, as importantly, are they curious to want to change the world that we live in? Whether you're a plumber, electrician, or a biologist, mm. you can all take part in changing your world. But you've got to have that embryo of curiosity, and that starts when you're a child, and that starts by the two people there, our, uh teachers and the parents. There's enough of the millennial generation mm. out there, but I've got to be honest, you've got to get out there and do something. You've got to get curious of what can you do to save the planet mm. and that doesn't mean do you believe the newspapers find out right well on that cynical vote i think we'll have to uh end it there but uh thanks dad really appreciate you coming on the show okay good stuff I, i'm a positive i don't want to end up on cynical. i think it's not people like me ceos leaders we're here to change it
0: yeah and i think it's because you're full of curiosity that- Allows you know that inspiration, but
1: yeah. And if we can just inspire one or two people who listen to this to get out there and be curious, or I can inspire people who I talk to. I've done my bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Take care. Yeah, cheers. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode, Brain Dump. I hope you enjoyed it if you'd like to get on the show and talk about topic of interest hit me up on the facebook page or instagram till next time adios